0: Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whenever you're watching. Welcome back. David Avaloni here to read some things to you. Mm. This might be a short one. Um, I've started to branch out a little bit here in the sense of uh, pulp is more than mystery novels. It's more than crime novels. Western pulp, science fiction pulps, fantasy pulps. Including today's selection, which uh, I think you could qualify as fantasy. Uh, adventure certainly. Originally published in uh, magazine form which is kinda of the prerequisite to pulp between the late 19th and early 20th century. Uh, I don't know the exact publication date off the top of my head. Maybe 1911? 1914? There we go. Today we're gonna talk about Tarzan of the Apes and a specific thing about science fiction and fantasy and horror from the time of its inception. I mean, science fiction, sometimes people put it in the 19th century with Mary Shelley. Uh, But a thing that started to strike me, particularly when I read Tarzan a zillion years ago, is that for the longest time, for a really long time, if you were writing science fiction, it was always presented as, hey, look, I'm not telling you this is a true story that really happened, but I got all these letters here from Jonathan Harker and Mina Van Helsing. I got these letters from the expedition uh, where this guy found this uh, doctor named Frankenstein in the Arctic. Uh, The Narrative of A. Gordon Pym by Poe, I think is also, it's all presented as, hey, look, I know this is crazy, but this thing could be true. And uh, the John Carter of Mars stories from uh, Edgar Rice uh had this cousin, John Carter, and he vanishes all the time, and he left this manuscript behind, and it's, you know, it's bonkers, whatever, but here it is. And along the lines of that, I I particularly like the first page and a half of, uh, of Tarzan and the Apes. I also love, uh, where is it, is it in here? funny I've seen other versions of this that open with there is always something new out of Africa uh a quote from I think Virgil's Georgics which is also the source of the title of uh the book Out of Africa Tarzan the Apes chapter one or hey man this is just some crazy stuff I heard and I'm just telling you about it I had this story from one who had no business to tell it to me or to any other I may credit the seductive influence of an old vintage upon the narrator for the beginning of it, and my own skeptical incredulity during the days that followed for the balance of the strange tale. When my convivial host discovered that he had told me so much, and that I was prone to doubtfulness, his foolish pride assumed the task the old vintage had commenced, and so he unearthed written evidence in the form of a musty manuscript and dry official records of the British colonial office to support many of the salient features of his remarkable narrative. I do not say the story is true, for I did not witness the happenings which it portrays, but the fact that in the telling of it to you I have taken fictitious names for the principal characters quite sufficiently evidences the sincerity of my own belief that it may be true. The yellow, mildewed pages of the diary of a man long dead and the records of the colonial office dovetail perfectly with the narrative of my convivial host, And so I give you the story as I painstakingly pieced it out from these several various agencies. If you do not find it credible, you will at least be as one with me in acknowledging that it is unique, remarkable, and interesting. That is the opening from which we go into the story of uh, Lord Greystoke's parents, uh, John Clayton and his wife, uh, who show up, who, who take a sea voyage to Africa that goes terribly, terribly wrong. That's a short one, but uh, I think it's an interesting thing that I wonder when we stopped having to present science fiction that way. I know there's plenty of science fiction from the 20s and the teens that doesn't go off that way, but HG Wells opens the time time machine basically saying, so I was in the living room of this guy and I'm going to call him the time traveler for reasons that are going to be obvious later. Uh, And he told me this crazy stuff. And I feel like, you know, uh, Jane Eyre, to the best of my knowledge, doesn't start like that. Classic novels don't start with the the meta-framing. And that the meta-framing has always been a part of the science fiction, horror, fantasy thing. That when you're presenting something so unbelievable, that it gains something from saying, Hey man, this is just a story I heard and it's wild. And you know, maybe you believe it, maybe you don't. And I think in the late 20th century, uh, you see that sort of reinvented for film by the Blair Witch Project and films like it, where the framing is, this is true. And, uh, Here's some footage we found, and we're presenting it to you without comment. Um, and uh, and and people are people are still using that form, uh, and I don't know what it is. Galaxy Quest actually touches on it a little bit: the need of the audience of even the most fantastic fiction to believe that there's some grain of truth in it. And I'll say this, as a writer of stuff like that, of fantasy and science fiction stuff, for myself, I always try to keep as many of the details uh, as close to reality as I possibly could. And I'll end with a brief example of that. I did um, a Betty Page arc where she was in England, and I needed the British government to be in possession of a UFO for my story. And so I looked up, British UFO sightings and found that there had been one about a year before my story at basically Britain's version of Area 51 at their advanced aircraft experimental facility. Uh, So I found British Roswell, uh, basically. And as a fan myself, I know that if I was a fan and I had read that story, and looked up the name of the... I can't remember it off the top of my head. I looked up the name of the Air Force Base where, the story, where I have the story take place. There's that little frisson, that little thrill of like, oh, wait, there really was a UFO crash in England in the time and place uh, that was in that fictional story I read. I think that does add something. And I think that uh, in the 19th century, when people were starting to write this kind of thing in popular fiction... Um, they, they use that angle, uh, quite a bit. Um, so just a thing that has interested me over the years, courtesy of Tarzan, originally published, serialized in magazines, I think in Argosy, All Story. I honestly don't remember. I should really research some of these things. Hmm. Speaking of which, I am going to do an episode coming up about, sort of the history of pulp and where the term comes from and why we use it and what it applies to and all of that. I've, uh, I've asked a historian friend of mine to join me for that. Hopefully he will. If not, I'll just have to muddle through on my own. Mm. Thanks for watching me muddle. Have a good one. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.